second skin. She paced as she talked on her cell phone. She didn't look happy, Lila thought. Broken date. He has to work late, he says, Lila added, winding the plot in her head. She's fed up with that. A couple floors above, two couples sat in a living room, art-covered walls, sleek contemporary furnishings, and laughed over what looked like martinis. Old friends, she decided, who get together often, sometimes take vacations together. Another window opened the world to a little boy rolling around on the floor with a white puppy. The absolute joy of both zinged right through the air and had Lila laughing. He's wanted a puppy forever, forever being probably a few months at that age, and today his parents surprised him. He'll remember today his whole life, and one day he'll surprise his little boy or girl the same way. Pleased to end on that note, Lila lowered the glasses. Okay, Thomas, we're going to get a couple hours of work in. I know, I know, she continued, setting him down, picking up the half glass of wine. Most people are done with work for the day. They're going out to dinner, meeting friends, or in the case of the killer blonde in the black dress, bitching about not going out. But the thing is... She waited until he strolled into the apartment ahead of her. I set my own hours. It's one of the perks. She chose a ball, motion activated from the basket of cat toys in the kitchen closet, gave it a roll across the floor. Thomas immediately pounced, wrestled, batted, chased. With Thomas happily occupied, she picked up the remote, ordered music. She made a note of which station played so she could be sure she returned it to their house music before the Kilderbrands came home. She moved away from the jazz to contemporary pop. House-sitting provided lodging, interest, even adventure. But writing paid the freight. Freelance writing and waiting tables had kept her head just above water her first two years in New York. After she'd fallen into house-sitting, initially doing favors for friends and friends of friends, she'd had the real time and opportunity to work on her novel. Then the luck or serendipity of house-sitting for an editor who'd taken an interest. Her first, Moonrise, had sold decently. No bust-out bestseller, but steady, and with a nice little following in the 14-18 to set she'd aimed for. The second would hit the stores in October, so her fingers were crossed. But more to the moment, she needed to focus on book three of the series. While Thomas gleefully chased the ball, she settled in with her half-glass of wine, a tall glass of iced water, and the music she imagined her central character, Kaylee, listened to. As a junior in high school, Kaylee dealt with all the ups and downs, the romance, the homework, the mean girls, the bullies, the politics, the heartbreaks and triumphs that crowded into the short, intense high school years. A sticky road, especially for the new girl, as she'd been in the first book. And more, of course, as Kaylee's family were lichens. She picked it up where Kaylee dealt with the betrayal of the boy she thought she loved, an overdue assignment on the Napoleonic Wars, and the fact that her blonde, beautiful nemesis had locked her in the science lab. The moon would rise in twenty minutes, just about the same time the science club would arrive for their meeting. She had to find a way out before the change. Lila dived in, 
happily sliding into Kaylee, into the fear of exposure, the pain of a broken heart, the fury with the cheerleading, homecoming queening, man-eating, literally, Sasha. By the time she'd gotten Kaylee out and in the nick, courtesy of a smoke bomb that brought the vice principal, another thorn in Kaylee's side, dealt with the lecture, the detention, the streaking home as the change came on her heroine, Lila had put in three solid hours. She fixed Thomas's dinner precisely as instructed. While he ate, she got her leatherman, used the screwdriver of the multi-tool to tighten some screws in the pantry. Loose screws, to her thinking, were a gateway to disaster, in people and in things. After changing into cotton pants and a tank, she checked the security, then revisited her neighbors through the binoculars. It looked like Blondie had gone out after all, leaving the living room light.